0: Tomorrow without constraints, ideas, people, technology, and living, thinking, defining. Tomorrow without constraints. The Yonder Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of The Yonder Podcast, the Y Suite Takeover Edition. My name is Louise Doncourt and I'm the Marketing Communications Manager here at Yonder, but I'm also a member of the Y Suite. The Y Suite is a group of under 30s at Yonder who make sure a younger person's perspective is heard within the business. We also work on initiatives that we hope will revolutionise not only our business, but the data centre industry as a whole. This episode, I will be talking with Max Ellswood, Associate Director at Turner & Townsend, a global independent professional services company. Max tells us all about his beginnings in the data centre industry and his journey since then. So, let's get started. The Yonder Podcast. Okay, so hi Max, thank you for uh, joining us today. Excited to find out a bit more about you and your journey in the data center industry.
1: Hi Louise, no problem. Uh, pleasure to, to be a guest on the show. Hopefully I can uh, provide a bit of, um, bit of help for anyone looking to, to get involved.
0: So we want to know a bit about your journey in the data center industry and obviously all journeys have a beginning. So let's let's take it back to the start so originally when you were young what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah so
1: so when I was um, at, at high school and, and going into college um, I was actually studying public services. The, the aim was to, to join the Royal Navy as, uh, as a weapons engineer. Yeah slightly different from, from now um, <laughs> but um, it, in the summers I used to work with my dad on placement uh, in construction uh, and really enjoyed it and I, I grew up abroad anyway with my dad as he was a QS, so um, I guess it's not entirely surprising that I ended up here. Cool. Whereabouts did you grow up? Uh, Dubai.
0: Wow. Yeah, Very
1: a little exotic. bit different now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what was it like growing up in Dubai.
1: Yeah. Um, I was at an international school. Uh, we were there for, for just under five years. Uh, I was quite young at the time, so I don't remember a huge amount, but whenever I've been back in, in the past, it's um, yeah, very different. It wasn't, wasn't all the skyscrapers and, and things like that. Mm. And, um, not a lot going on.
0: So how did you kind of make the transition from public services into quantity surveying? How did that come about?
1: Yeah. So after I'd finished, um, at college, doing, doing the public services, um, I actually ended up working on site with my dad for for a couple of years and, you know, kind of in, enjoyed the surveying part of it as well. Uh, and then I went to went to uni and studied building surveying, actually, um, with kind of a, a QS uh, course attached to it as well. So, again, not a not a traditional route into into being a QS.
0: Oh, okay. So, almost continuing the family business, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other QSs in your family? Is it very much just you and your dad? I
1: think thankfully it's just the two of us,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a QS, but how did you get into data centers specifically? What was your first kind of data center specific
1: job? Yeah, so I was actually working for a, quite a small uh, general contractor uh, based in the South Coast in the UK. Um, we used to do a lot of uh, foreign office and MOD work, uh, and there's a couple of you know, very small scale. Uh, data center projects that we we got involved in Um, and that was kind of the start of it really Um, it wasn't wasn't planned or or intentional just the, the way it happened.
0: Right and then I guess kind of that sparked your interest and did you kind of actively seek out okay now I'm going to go for this company which is data centers or is it just kind of let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, a bit of both, I think.
1: Um, I was actually referred by Yonder's very own Kurt Russell, um, (laughs) who who was working in Belgium at the time. So, so me and Kurt had worked together back in the UK for for that company, you know, for for a number of years. And yeah, an opportunity presented itself through Kurt. And yeah, it's very hard to say no.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. And... um... Can you tell us a little bit more about your your current role and the company you're with? So where they fit in the in the data center landscape and your your day to day things that you do in your current yeah, job? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So to, to go back uh, just one step, so I was with with uh, what was ISG Tech Solutions um, from 2017 uh, to kind of mid 2019, based in Belgium predominantly, and. Through those years, i I'd made a few connections with people uh, in similar roles, and some of those are based in California. Um, and then kind of mid-2019, uh, again, another opportunity came up to, to relocate to the U.S., uh, in San Francisco, and again, as, as opportunities go, that was that was even harder to say no to. So yeah, um, yeah it was uh, not not the easiest transition. Um, I did have some family connections uh, on the West Coast anyway, um, but the, you know the visa process took I think three three or four months to do, uh, and this is all you know pre COVID. So I think now it's uh, it's even harder to do. So yeah, made the jump across to, to work with Turner and Townsend. As I said I'd, I'd worked with them, you know, on the other side of the fence, so to say, in Belgium. Yeah, I've been there since, since 2019. So, so TNT uh, itself, so we're a, a professional services company, predominantly focusing on, you know, program management, project management, commercial management, uh, consulting. In terms of sectors, that's real estate, natural resources, infrastructure. And uh, you know, a big part of that is the, is the data center market, uh, especially in, in the US, you know, on the on the West Coast. So, when I joined there, I was working for a, for a tech client, but not necessarily in the in the data center capacity. So it was more um, real estate and TI. But then after about a year doing that role, again another chance came up for a, for an internal relocation over to the East Coast in New York, which is where I'm based at the moment, and that's where I'm back on the on the DC side as a as a regional product controller. Uh, looking after north and south america for our our client
0: okay so you've kind of based in the in the uk had some european experience and now over in the us what can you tell me if there's a a, a difference of the data center market between the the us and and the uk is there any kind of similarities or differences that you've noticed um
1: yeah i'd I'd say that. The, the backgrounds of people you know there's there's a lot of of european and you know british people over in the us at the moment i think you know it's partly a, a skills shortage you know a lot of british companies making the jump to to start establishing themselves over over on the uh the west coast especially so yeah um obviously i haven't been on site for a while so i can't can't comment on that um hopefully next mm. year at some point
0: <laughs> mm, great and um just kind of taking it back to if there's someone listening you know, right now and, and they want to get in the data centre industry or they're in Europe and they, 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 you know, really want to work in America, be part of the data centre industry there. What advice would you give them? Yeah, Um
1: I think having the right connections is a huge part of it. You know, the old saying, it's not what you know, it's, it's who you know. Um, I'm probably testament to that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, getting involved on, on things like LinkedIn, connecting with people. There's a lot of other groups on, on things like Facebook for, for expats, that kind of thing, going to seminars. Um, you know, just building up the connection base is uh, is really useful because I think you ultimately you need a, a good sponsor to, to bring you over, you know, and to, to take that gamble on somebody. It's, you know, it's not a cheap, process bringing somebody over over to the us
0: okay so you've been in the data center industry for a while now i just want to touch on where you think the future of the industry will go Are there any kind of you know you hear things about data centers being on the moon and you know under the sea i think currently there actually are data centers there but you know, are there are there any kind of other places you think data centers would be? What do you think the future of a data center would look like?
1: Yeah, I think um, kind of the location of, of data centers on, on Earth, anyway. In terms of data centers in space, um, I, I wouldn't want to say, but I think there's probably a, a few entrepreneurs on the West Coast who'd be willing to uh, to take a chance on that. But I think it, it's more so in. you know developing countries as well you know you you see a lot of the the dc's going up in in the same locations um you know obviously there's there's factors that dictate that but i think it's kind of looking beyond you know mainland europe west coast us and seeing where else is viable to build
0: obviously data centers are kind of can be wrapped up with renewable energy as well Mm. and you know you want to make sure you're being carbon efficient as well do you think data centers could ever be completely sustainable Yeah, I guess the
1: the balance is always, you know, energy efficiency without sacrificing any reliability or performance. And, you know, it's it's got to go beyond the the running of the data center after it's been built. You know, what's the impact at the moment uh, for the physical construction? That's always kind of a question that I'm I'm wondering about, you know, how long does it take to, to get over that that impact at, at the start of the project
0: so going on to kind of the construction side because data centers are very much technology but it's also very much construction too in the construction industry now there's there's a lot of interest on um, mental health and mental well-being is there is there anything you know in the companies that you've previously worked for that do anything on, on mental health and mental well-being as a ways that they're actively supporting employees?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think kind of mental health generally has actually come on a, a huge amount in the last few years. Uh, and if anything, construction is probably a leader in that now, you know, around the, the awareness of mental health, especially in terms of what we're doing. I think COVID has, uh, has made that even more important, you know, keeping people engaged, forming new teams. I personally actually missed working with the team you know, on, on the site. So, yeah, it's been a challenge. Um, at TNT, you know, we, we adopted remote working very quickly in the U.S. And we've done all sorts, you know, pub quizzes to, to yoga, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good fun. But I, I think deep down everyone is, is missing going back to the office.
0: Um, mm. Yeah. And how has how your role in particular, been been affected. Are there things that you absolutely need to be in the office or on site to do? Has that been tricky to navigate? um Yeah, I mean, my
1: role can be done fr- from anywhere in theory; it can be done remotely. One thing I've missed out, uh, is, you know, like I said, going to sites and meeting the people that I'm dealing with uh, over over video chat is it's never the same. And you know, internal teams as well. It's a fairly new team that we've got at the moment, and only a handful of us have actually met each other. So, yeah, it's a uh, strange times but I think we'll uh we'll get there eventually
0: yeah it's weird sometimes like if there's a new person on the team who's joined during the pandemic and you're kind of video chatting with them every day but you've not actually met them in person it's a it's a really weird thing <laughs> yeah but yeah I totally sympathize so I've got a kind of bit of an out there question for you so at Yonder we believe in a tomorrow without constraints what advice would you give yourself in 10 years to overcome the constraints you face in your career yeah um
1: look i think humans actually you know spend a lot of time at work so it's very important that you actually enjoy what you do you know and that's being in an industry where you've got genuine you know, curiosity about it i think the chance to, to live and work abroad is a huge thing you know, i might be slightly biased from that but i think you know the experience is huge gain uh, and the people you meet uh, it opens up a lot of doors so yeah i'm, I'm a big supporter of, of traveling you know taking a risk every now and then
0: okay cool and um, what would you say one of your biggest career risks would be is it the kind of moving over from from europe to america i guess that would be a pretty big risk
1: yeah, I think it's probably the initial jump to be honest from from going to the UK to Europe. The, the second time and third time around it actually went quite smoothly uh, barring barring covid. Um but yeah, I think it's just that that initial jump. Um you know, going into a country where English isn't the first language. Uh, it's always a challenge, but yeah, you just got to got to go
0: for it. And um In the data centre industry, there is also talk on um, diversity and inclusion and how we could be a a more diverse and inclusive um, industry. Mm. How do you think, this is a big question now, um, how do you think we could make the data centre industry more diverse and inclusive?
1: Yeah, so interesting. It's just kind of the other side of the coin in that you've got people like myself who are are travelling around the world. But you know, there's also got to be a big focus on the, the local demographic as well. You know, if we do start seeing more builds in, in more remote locations, you know, what are we doing to give back to the, to the local people? You know, I appreciate especially skill sets are, are needed, but I think there's a lot that can be done on, on training and awareness for those people, you know, living and breathing where the construction is going on and, you know, providing jobs for those people in the future as well
0: and in the previous companies that you've worked for in the local communities were there a lot of employees there on the data centers that were drawn from the local community or was it more project teams would engage via you know social value initiatives
1: yeah i think it's a bit of a mixture i think you, you tend to get the you know the overarching general contractors will you know typically be the the european guys but then the the supply chain, you know, the subcontractors and and the specialists. I think you, you are seeing more of an increase there with the the local knowledge. You know, a lot mm. of time you need people with that local skill set as well. You know, it's, it's very different working from in the UK, um, and you need those people to support you.
0: Yeah, it's always good to to support local businesses where yeah. you can. And what do you think the future of data sensor industry would look like? Do you, do you think it'll, it will be uh, a more d- diverse industry or have we still got, you know, a long ways to go? Uh,
1: yeah, hopefully see a, a big influx in young people coming into the industry as well. I think that the opportunities for, for learning, you know, especially remotely, there's a lot of options out there for young people who want to get involved and then I guess you're going to have that added competition between companies, which is which is never a bad thing in terms of innovation. So yeah, I think it's it's looking promising.
0: Yeah, I think we're kind of we're on the right path, and you know people are talking about it, and and, and steps are being taken to uh, really push it as a priority in the industry. So I'm hopeful too. Yeah. Looking at the future of of data itself. Um, how do you think the landscape of data usage will change? So, you know, things like smart cars, smart cities. I just got myself one of those um, Google Nests that I'm kind of trying out and I, I want to have my whole place kitted out and, you know, a smart house. Do you think that kind of thing will, will progress or go in a different direction?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we're, we're all kind of guilty of it. Um, but I guess with, with anything that is coin smart, that comes with, you know, data usage as well. So how are we going to actually meet that demand? Is it going in the right path at the moment? Perhaps not. I think there's, you know, still a huge amount of, of construction needs to go on to, to keep up with that pace.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, where it comes into, is there kind of enough viable land or is there enough, uh, are we using the right energy sources as well? So that all ties into it of what the future of, of data centres is going to look like and, and how that impacts the environment, and just the planet as a whole.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's the, the size of data centres as well. You know, technology tends to go in trends and that things downsize. Not, not including any, any phones that are coming out because uh, they seem to be getting bigger every time. I do, think, you know, <laughs> there's got to be a point where things are scaled down a little bit and, and then things like, you know, land use and that aren't, aren't as important.
0: So do you think data centres would get bigger or smaller? Um,
1: I think you'd like to think they would get smaller. But again, going back to technology things, they eventually do end up getting bigger. So, yeah, difficult question. I'm not sure.
0: Maybe we'd all have a data center that fits into our pocket. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> and what do you think is the next big thing for the data center industry? Are there any trends that you see picking up speed? I guess if I knew, I probably wouldn't be wouldn't be sat here at home. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it probably goes back to.
1: Uh, sustainability again um you know the rate of of increasing data uh, and are we building in a sustainable way to meet that demand uh, and can we keep doing that you know it's it's fine doing it for the next five years but you know it's here to stay what does the next 20 years look like uh, are those conversations being had
0: Beyonder podcast thanks very much max for your time and insight into the industry if you'd like to find out more about turner and townsend head to turnerandtownsend.com. You can keep up with Yonder's latest news on LinkedIn. Just type in Yonder Group or check out our website at yondergroup.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Without. Constraints. Ideas. People. Technology. m Limited. Thinking. Defining. Tomorrow. Wow Yonder Podcast.